Carlos Correa signs a 13-year, $350 million deal with the San Francisco Giants. It's a tough day for Twins fans, tough day for the Twins. What's next? We'll break it all down on today's episode of Locked on Twins. You are Locked on Twins. Your daily Minnesota Twins podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. And welcome to the Lockdown Minnesota Twins podcast. Today is Wednesday, December 14th, and I'm your gracious host, Nash Walker. Thank you for making Lockdown Twins your first listen every day on the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. Again, this is Nash Walker, four seasons writing about the Twins at TwinsDaily.com, three seasons hosting a daily podcast on the Minnesota Twins. And this is one, honestly, one of the toughest days, I think, as a Twins fan since I started this podcast, and we've had plenty. You know, I came on and did a show after the Twins were swept by the Astros in the COVID season in 2020. I came on after many a games in 2021 that they blew, in 2022 that they blew. It uh, It's a tough day, honestly. Like this, Carlos Correa signed with the Giants, 13 years, $350 million. It's the second largest free agent deal in Major League Baseball history, largest shortstop deal in Major League Baseball history for a free agent, and I think just flat-out largest shortstop deal in baseball history. 13 years. I will be 35 years old when this is over. That's crazy. So the Giants win the sweepstakes for Carlos Correa, and honestly, like as I've covered this throughout, and, and we've covered Carlos Correa, and I've gone, I think, at, in depth about this market and what it would take for the Twins to re-sign him, this is, this is what was the most likely scenario. You know, I didn't know if it was going to be the Giants. I didn't know if it was going to be the Cubs. I didn't know if it was going to be the Yankees. I I hoped that this market would be less than you might perceive for Carlos Correa. And my prediction was, because of that, he will not get a $300 million contract. Now, that was before we saw some of these deals. The Bogarts deal, even though, you know, it's Padres and, and Preller being Preller. But we saw some of these deals, and it's absurd. And Carlos Correa is younger than Trey Turner. You know, Carlos Correa, many believe, and I think I do too, is a better player than Trey Turner and just in in an even year, defensively, offensively, the full package, I I think I would take Correa. It's close, and I would understand the argument the other way, but I think he, he thought, like, Absolutely, I deserve $350 million. If Trey Turner's getting $300, I should get $325, $330, $335. So my prediction of him getting less than $300 million, that is blown out of the water by $50 million and, and more than that. What we know about the Twins, they're, they're offered a Correa. They had bumped it to 10 years and $285 million. My thought was, if, if Carlos Correa wants to truly return to Minnesota, if this is his preference, which I believe it was, I believe if all things were equal, Correa was going to return to Minnesota, but that was unlikely that all things were ever going to be equal. How much money was he going to leave on the table? He's not leaving $65 million on the table to go play for the Twins. He's going to San Francisco for $350 million. It needed to be a lesser number on the table, and the Giants came in and as I've been saying, all it takes is one. It takes one team, one offer, and here it is. This isn't a surprise. It's okay. I, I've said that throughout. If you tell me tomorrow that like Carlos Correa signed for 13 years and $350 million, as he did, it's, yeah, 
Yeah, he did. The Twins needed a lot of things to go right. They needed Judge to go to San Francisco. But even in that case, did the Yankees then get involved in Correa? Probably. I mean, they get desperate. They probably offer him this deal. The Mets had met with Carlos Correa. Like, all it takes is one. And all it takes is one big market team stepping up and saying, all right, we're done with this. Let's lock him up. And that's what happened here. And it's just, it's a painful day because it feels like for the Twins in this offseason, so much of the offseason success of you had a good offseason, you know, you won the offseason, as we like to say. So much of that to me revolved around signing Carlos Correa. You lost your best player on a team that won 78 games. You got to bring him back. And you have to add, you know, a frontline starter and the right-handed bat. You can fill that shortstop hole with a premium right-handed bat in Correa, who I think will hit better with runners in scoring position in 2023. That's it's such a clear fit. He fit in very well. He wants to be in Minnesota. By all accounts, it made all the sense in the world. They just they didn't go there, but they offered 285 million. Nobody wants to hear about the offer. Nobody wants to hear that they were 65 million dollars short. Nobody wants to hear credit. For them, I'm not giving them credit at all. I'm going to take this that the fact that they were willing to offer Carlos Correa $285 million to me, that is a clear indication, a sign, and pressure, I think, on my end that you need to be doing this regularly. This needs to happen regularly. You have to be willing to give guys 250, 260, 275, 285, up to $300 million in free agency if you want to acquire premium talent. That's the the water you have to dive into. I'm not giving them credit for offering Correa 285. I think that's that was a number that's for this franchise is insane that they've never done. But he signed for 350. What does it matter that you offered 285? What it does for me is you need to be involved in the future. It, it can't just be well. Correa was our guy. We didn't get him. We're going to go back to to not swimming in these waters you have to stay in the deep end continue to look for these opportunities take these opportunities when they're out there take your best shot you could argue that this you know did the twins really take their best shot here did they really do everything they could the answer is no the answer is no they could have offered Correa this deal they could have 13 years 350 million and he, he would have been he would have come back I think he would have come back so did they take their best shot at this in their minds, they they did. It's hard to know, was this ownership? Was this the front office? Was it a mixture of both? $285 million over 10 years for the Minnesota Twins is a monstrous offer. But for somebody like Carlos Correa, in this free agent period, where guys are getting paid exorbitant amounts, and now he has the second largest contract in free agent history, it just was not enough. It wasn't close to enough at the end of the day. That doesn't mean the Twins should stop. They need to, like I said continue to swim in these waters when there's a free agent out there who they really really like now you have this opening where you can you can get ownership on board and you can make these these big time offers to free agents or to stars you currently have on your roster for extensions this needs to be a new precedent for the twins in their offers even though they did not retain carlos correa in free agency What's next for the Twins? I think that's the most important question. Where do we go from here? Free agent class, so much to get to coming up after this word from betonline.net. Betonline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From pro football to college bowl season to basketball and the World Cup, the finals are coming. We've got it all at betonline.net. 
If you love sports podcasts, you've already listened to Locked On Podcasts. You can find more at betonline.net as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. It's betonline.net. You can head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline is where the game starts again. BetOnline.net, it's your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. It's very easy to use on your phone. So if you want to use your phone, I understand that. I love to use it on the desktop to see the full screen. If you have an iPad, it works on that. Anything you need, wherever you need it, BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. BetOnline is where the game starts. Thanks again for making Locked On Twins your first listen today. For your second listen today, check out Locked On Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports today available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast. What's next for the Twins after missing out on Carlos Correa? This was the most likely scenario, although I held out hope and I looked for ways for this to possibly happen. This was the most likely scenario. It always was that someone's going to step up and just explode the twins. And that's exactly what happened here. So what's next? Well, unfortunately, free agency's moved really fast. There's one of the four shortstops left. It's Dansby Swanson. So those dominoes have fallen and there's one who remains and he's going to get a lot of money too, I think at this point. Maybe not. Maybe he's not valued and I don't think he is valued anywhere close to the other three. Maybe he doesn't, but he probably will. And I, the Twins have been in contact with Dansby Swanson. If they sign Dansby Swanson, they're going to be a, a, a better team at shortstop, not the, the one that finished the season, but where they are now, right? <laughs> Dansby Swanson would be a, a good solution at short, but he's a clear downgrade from Correa, and I think it's it's more of a meh. Like, if they sign Dansby Swanson, he's a good player. He's a good ball player. He rated wonderfully defensively last year. The bat finally came around for a full season, I don't think he's going to repeat that in 2023 and beyond, and you're probably looking at an inflated contract absolutely on the back end. At this point, you could make the argument, if you're not going to get Correa, just go with Farmer at short until Royce Lewis is healthy and Royce Lewis is your shortstop of the future. You can make that argument, or you say, go sign Elvis Andrews. He plays short until Royce is ready, but that's a little trickier because Andrews doesn't play any other positions and hasn't in his career. little trickier. You could make that argument. You could also make the argument, hey, we need more good players. You know, we just need good players. Go get Dansby Swanson. Give him a blank check, $200 million, $215 million, whatever it takes for him to come to Minnesota. Get it done. The route I might go at this point, and Carlos Rodon, I think, is, is closer to a pipe dream than Correa for as crazy as that is, I think Carlos Rodon is, is highly unlikely for the Twins, even though they're involved and he's a Boris client and they have a good relationship with Scott Boris. Carlos Rodon wants seven years, $210 million. He wants a, an absolutely massive contract, and that's his prerogative. You know, two years of being an ace, a frontline starter, that's that's what you get paid, even with the injury history. And a lot of pitchers have an injury history, and this is going to be a risky deal for whoever signs Carlos Rodon. But my point is, you know, if you have money to spend, the Twins have 40, 50, whatever you want, you know, to think of it. If you think they're going to have the same payroll as last year, 40, 45 million to spend. If you think they're going to bump 50 million, 55 million to spend in this period, in this year, you could give Rodon 30 a year for six years, you know, six at 180, offer that to Carlos Rodon, go sign Nathan Yavaldi. You have a very deep rotation at that point with a true ace in Carlos Rodon. 
you have a very solid foundation of, of mid-level starters in Yavaldi and Mali and Gray. You have Ober and Ryan. You have depth with Kenta Maeda even. You have this depth that the Twins haven't had in forever. And you can become a starting pitching-centric team and really invest on the pitching side where you sign Rodon, you sign Yavaldi, you go out and get a high, high upside reliever, you re-sign Fulmer, and you just push all those chips in on the pitching side. They, all the resources you have in free agency – you commit and you're aggressive with starting pitching and in the bullpen. And you go into 2023 with a real identity. Maybe you bring in a higher upside bat. Maybe you bring in like a Joey Gallo or just make a, a marginal addition on the position player side. But mostly you are investing on the pitching side. And you would go into 2023 with an identity that we are going to be a, a team that pitches well. We're going to have you know, strong pitching, strong starters, depth starters. We're gonna we're gonna have starters who give us a chance to win. We have a true ace in Carlos Rodon, and our offense might middle. It might be a, an average offense, and what we're gonna hope for is better health from Kirila, from Buxton, from Royce Lewis when he comes back. You know, hopefully Brooks Lee is up and ready to go by midseason, and we're going to get better health on the offensive side, and that's gonna help us. And then we're gonna have a pitching foundation. That to me is an attractive path. If you if the Twins went out. And they made this bang bang double barrel Rodan Yavaldi in the rotation. They don't have a ton of starters, but out you know Maeda, Mali. There's question marks. Ober is going to be on a, on an innings limit. You can have that six man rotation. You can push Kent Maeda to the bullpen or push Ober, push somebody to the bullpen. I don't think this is what they're going to do because I think they view their rotation. They want Maeda to start. Maeda wants to start. That's his contract. You know benefits him to start. So it might not be him. But you can piggyback guys to reduce workloads, and you're just building this depth because you know you're going to need a lot more than five starters in 2023. That's where the value is on this market. Like it's Swanson, who to me, I, I would be surprised if the twins signed. And then on the pitching side, you have Rodon and Yavaldi, who I really like. I really like Nathan Yavaldi. I think he'd be a nice addition, but he'd be an even better addition in a tandem with Carlos Rodon. If you were to sign those two, you know, maybe you sign a stopgap shortstop, maybe not. Maybe you you put Kyle Farmer there. You make a signing in the outfield for Michael Brantley or J.D. Martinez just to add some veteran pop to the lineup, and you pre-sign Michael Fulmer. That is by no means an A-level offseason. It's not super exciting, but at least the team has an identity, and at least you're going into 2023 thinking, okay, this, this could be a top-10 pitching staff. You know, in reality, if they added Rodon, and added Nathan Yavaldi to the rotation, I think it's it's easy to project them as a top 10 rotation in 2023. Easier said than done. It's simple but not easy. That's a, that's a path here, though. That's a path that they could take where they just push those chips in on the pitching side. Another is that they spread this thing around, which I, is so underwhelming to me. I, I really hope that's not what they do, where they go, all right, well, we're going to bring in uh, Andrews for eight. We're going to bring in... Uh, Fulmer for seven. We're going to bring in XYZ for four, five, six, and we're going to just build a bunch of depth. Maybe that's the team looks better from a depth standpoint, but you're just missing that top level talent. You're missing that talent in the, in the lineup. I hope that's not the case. And then Dan Hayes had a little excerpt today or last night in his piece that maybe the Twins are going to take a step back in 2023. And I almost threw up when I read that. I, I was instantly upset <laughs> reading that. I, I thought. If they if they take a step back in 2023, you trade Kepler, you trade Louis, you trade whoever off the major league roster. I don't even know how I'm, how I would cover that. I I don't know how I would stomach that. That is an unacceptable scenario here to take a step back. 
I, you know, Aaron Gleeman said it today, and I was listening to to Gleeman and the Geek, and he said taking a step back from what? And he wrote that this morning. I think that's so true. Like, what are you taking a step back from? From nothing. How underwhelming it it got bad after the COVID season in a hurry with back to back losing seasons, and especially in 2021. And then you're going to commit to another losing season in 2023. That is back-to-back-to-back losing seasons, and you're probably losing again in 2024. And within that, you traded away prospects. You were not rebuilding. You traded away prospects to try to win the division, and you depleted your farm system. It's now an average system. I think it's an underrated system, but I'm obviously a Twins homer. You traded away prospects in that span. So you weren't even like hoarding prospects and trying to build young talent. You were trying to win, and now you're going to step back, and you sign Christian Vasquez, and, and Christian Vasquez, unfortunately, his signing is overshadowed by the Correa signing. I like the Christian Vasquez signing. We kind of covered that last week, so I figured, you know, three years, $30 million. The Twins had offer, offered three for, for 27 They bumped it up. They got him. What are you doing? What are you doing if you're taking a step back? The, so many moves that are... They, they contradict each other. The, the moves that you've made, if you're deciding to take a step back, they have avenues here. They, it requires them to get aggressive, and that's just something I don't I don't trust them to do. I don't trust this front office to be aggressive for Carlos Rodon. The largest pitching contract they've ever handed out was Michael Pineda for two years and $21 million, I believe was the total. I don't trust them to step up to Carlos Rodon and say, hey, we got a seven-year deal for you. Do you want to come pitch for us? I don't trust them. And, and it it could be that that's not smart to do something like that. But they need to get aggressive and they need to make moves. They just have to. This team on paper, you could maybe argue it's a 500 team on paper. Zips thinks they're 500 on paper. They need more talent. They need to add talent to the organization. And they need to add it without, hope, you know, hopefully and preferably without subtracting from it via trade. They need to add it. And they have opportunities to do so. This team... On the one hand, is only a 500 team on paper by Zips. On the other hand, it's a 500 team on paper. You, you don't have nothing to work from. You have a rotation that is not exciting but is deeper, and you can add to it and make it a clear strength for 2023 with Carlos Rodon, with Nathan Yavaldi. You have a bullpen that could use some help that looks like it could have high upside with Yohan Duran and Jorge Lopez and Jorge Alcala and, and Giovanni Moran and Caleb Thielbar and Griffin Jacks. The list goes on. Even more guys in the minors, you hope, come up and, and make an impact, you know, in 2024 with Matt Cantorino. You can make those two areas a strength in 2023 and 2024 and 2025 with aggressive pitching moves now. Because on the offensive side, it's basically Swanson or bust on the position player side. Otherwise, you're going after, and I not to take anything away, and we'll we'll cover these guys. We'll continue to cover these guys this offseason from J.D. Martinez and Michael Brantley and Andrew Benintendi, I think they can help teams. I think they will help teams in 2023. But you're losing that both sides of the ball. There's nobody left other than Swanson on the position player side who's going to make a, a substantial impact offensively and defensively. And Swanson, you could argue, is not going to do it. You could say the guys are going to adjust. Pitchers are going to adjust. He only hits fastballs. He's not going to see fastballs as much in 2023. His defensive metrics are up and down. You know, is he an elite shortstop? Is he just a good shortstop? Where's his bat? He's up and down offensively. We don't know what he's going to be. I think he's going to be a four-win player, which is valuable. 
you could you could say even he is not a sure bet to be a, an asset on both sides of the ball. So there's really nobody left like that. Your your pool has been whittled down to limited players, either defensive stalwarts who can't really hit or sluggers like J.D. Martinez or pure hitters like Michael Brantley or Andrew Benintendi who are not going to add a lot defensively, who don't have as much upside, who are older, who are looking, you know, reclamation projects almost or looking for a one-year deal. That's what you're down to on this market. There are still ways for the the Twins to have a good offseason, even though Correa is gone. But the the opportunity for a knock-it-out-of-the-park Grand Slam offseason is gone. It's gone. I could still sit here at the end and say they had a productive offseason. This is an 87-win team by Zips. They added four or five wins to the roster, even you know starting without Correa right now. They're a 500 team by Zips. They added four or five wins to the roster. Going into 2023, projected to win 86, 87 games by Fangraphs. Pakoda's got them at 85 or whatever. They had a nice offseason. But I, I can assure you that I'm not going to come at the end of this offseason and say, man, the Twins just, they got they got Correa back, they signed Rodon, they traded for Pablo Lopez, they got they brought in a bunch of talent, you know, Correa's going to lead this next wave, this was an, an absolute dynamo offseason, that is gone, which is really disappointing, and it's sad to lose Carlos Correa, because I did think he was a great fit, and I was not convincing myself, because I always accepted the likelihood and the high likelihood that he was not going to return, but I was hopeful that I would be wrong, you know, I was hopeful that this would play out well for the Twins and that he would end up in Minnesota for the rest of his career, you know, potentially wearing a Twins cap in his Hall of Fame press conference, right? Like, those types of things are super fun to think about, and it's disappointing, it's sad that we didn't get it. And I understand, like, frustration from Twins fans today about this and, uh, and frustration at the front office and ownership and, and frustration in general about back-to-back losing seasons and... You know them unwilling to to go to that number for Correa and not recognizing. I think they do recognize, but not recognizing that you know maybe it was worth it to do that. Maybe this was this was the type of deal they needed to turn things around after two less than eighty win seasons. You know in the American League Central, so it's it's a sad day. It's painful. Was hoping for much better. Uh, disappointed and underwhelmed thus far the twins are are worse today than they were at the end of the year and they won 78 games so we'll see what's next i i hope it's aggressive i hope it's soon because right now the morale meter is quite low thank you so much for making lockdown twins your first listen today for your second listen today check out lockdown sports today from the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only lockdown can provide lockdown sports today available on this app youtube wherever you get your podcasts on the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. Thanks so much. Have a great day and go Twins.